Welcome to Retune Radio, a podcast for retuning to your authenticity. I'm your co-host, Megan. I'm your co-host, David. And we are um, here to share our most recent experience with uh, Vipassana meditation and to answer a few questions that we've received over the years. And um, I just want to say that, you know, I'm so excited to talk to you. (laughs) So (laughs) David and I's relationship has always been uh, pretty conversational. We always enjoy sitting and, you know, drinking tea or coffee and just just chatting. And that's always kind of been something that we love to share together. And that's probably why we started this podcast in the first place. But Yeah, and after these meditation retreats, <laughs> there's so much catching up to do. Right. So we're like in our element. Right, because you are silent um, for 10 days and, you know, pretty in uh, solitude. So... Uh, What I'd like to start with is just asking, um, you know, you, David, and then we can share together because our journey is um, integrated together. Uh, How did you get started or how did this come into your life? Um, It got started through the through yoga i would say well i mean essentially it got started through martial arts which kind of led me to yoga um and then when we went on our first trip together to india uh, one of our teachers there was a vipassana meditator in the goenka style and he kind of fused the two together the style of yoga we do iyengar yoga with vipassana meditation and I remember learning from him and I was like, man, man, this meditation sounds so cool. And it was even the first time I heard the word Vipassana, someone said, I'm going to go do some Vipassana. And I was like, what's that? Mm-hmm. Like, there was just like a calling to me. I was like, that sounds so cool. I don't even know what it is, but I just like that word. Like, what is Vipassana? Right. Um, and then come to find out it's this, you know, style of insight meditation um, taught by S.N. Goenka. And our teacher had done, you know, numerous courses in this style. And a lot of his students and his teachers were all practitioners of it. So Megan and I were both like, ooh, we got mm-hmm. to check out this Vipassana. Yeah, I actually remember that story really well, too. And we were going to do a different meditation. We were going to do a different um, 10-day experience like a uh, Tibetan with Buddhist. Tibetan yeah. Buddhism. And, and our teacher, you know, wasn't telling us what to do in any means. He just was kind of like saw that we might be more interested in in this other style so he kind of was like can I just offer you some advice you know and we were like sure and he's like try this one like first and we were like yeah sure you know because like same as David like I heard the word Vipassana meditation and something inside of me was very curious as well um but so the style that we like is taught by um uh, Mr. Goenka, but it, there's other styles and things like that as well. And basically what Vipassana means is, you know, insight or to see things as they are. Um, like it's basically teaching you, you know, objectivity and to check within first yeah. before looking outside of yourself. Um, so, yeah, very cool. And so you did your first course. Tell us a little bit about that yeah so the first course was on that same trip um our first trip to india together we uh made our final stop in uh, myanmar which used to be burma 
and um, which is where the teacher, S.N. Goenka, is originally from Burma. Um, so it was really cool to to be able to do that course, first of all, in another country, but also in the country where this tradition, mm. you know, was kept for so many centuries. Right. After the time of the Buddha. Um, yeah, so it was just a very eye-opening experience. I remember being so excited about it because, you know, we all have these preconceived notions of what meditation is, um, which I'm sure we'll get into later. But <laughs> I remember thinking, like, this is going to be so cool. Like, I'm going to meditate for 10 days. Like, I'm so excited. Then I remember the taxi pulled us up to the center, and I, like, saw the building, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't. Like, what? We're going to do this for 10 days? It's like the reality finally struck that I was going to be separate from Megan and that I was going to try to meditate for 10 days. And it was, Quiet, like, and it was like, what the hell am I doing? Like, this Your is mind crazy. is like, this is no good. Like, don't do this. Yeah. What are you doing? Turn around, run away. Just and went into like fight or flight mode, resistance, you know? Resistance, you know? Yeah, but it turned out to just be such an incredible, wonderful experience, um, both, you know, meditatively, but also culturally to be you know, practicing alongside all of the Burmese people and just to kind of understand their culture from like their, you know, meditation and just uh, their food and lifestyle perspective. It was Mm -hmm. just a really amazing experience and it was super uncomfortable and it was incredibly difficult. And, you know, the emotions that come up to the surface that you're just faced with to deal with, I had never experienced that before and it was just really intense. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, you come out on the other side, just lighter and just so just happy. And Mm -hmm. it was just incredible. Yeah. And and so we sat the first course together and, um, I remember we had like a few, like different experiences. Like I remember David, you really liked it and you were like, I want to do another one. And I was like, I never want to do that again. Like I really, like, I was so resistant to it and I knew why, you know, like I knew why it was, you know, really working through some of my internal shit and that is not a comfortable experience so for me I was like I'm gonna quit because it's uncomfortable and I don't I don't like it I just decided I didn't like it so then years later Mm. you did another one yeah well just to add to that though it's kind of funny I do remember that I experienced that on the first day when you realize that like okay so I actually have to just like try to sit and meditate this whole time that I kind of felt like a bit of a, a caged beast. Like, I got to get out of this place. Mm-hmm. Like, how can I leave? Like, can Megan and I, like, leave? I don't want to stay here for 10 days. Right. And your mind starts kind of fighting it. Yeah. Um, but well, then, so, you know, it all becomes fine and you, you get past that. And then it's like, all right, well, you know. Yeah. It's 10 days. It and the goes by quickly. Like, the first it helps course, you. like, the technique is still so new. So you're not really, like, used to even focusing yourself like that so the the mind can really take hold and take you for you know all the things but one of the things especially as a new student that's so great with this technique is that the teacher guides you through Mm -hmm. the process as a new student so he knows what you're going through he knows how to help you get past those types of hurdles to make it to the end of the 10 days yeah which is really cool so then you did a second one yeah, the second sit um, I did in California. We were living in San Diego, and that was about two, two and a half years later yeah, after the first course, which is a long time. Um, I had, you know, lost my practice of meditation. I wasn't sitting, um, and I there's still I had a lot of questions about the technique still, mm-hmm. just clarification. 
So it was really cool to do a course in the U.S. because I could talk to the teacher and it was their first language. So I could get like a lot of the answers that I was still seeking. Mm -hmm. um, but it was super challenging. Just my life in the, at the time, I was going through a lot of stuff and a lot of things came up in the course and Megan wasn't there. So the whole time I'm like, what's Because remember, I quit. Yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, where's Megan? Like, is she home? Is she okay? Is she alive? Like, what's yeah. going on, you know? Right. Um, yeah, so it was super challenging. But again, at the end of that second course, it was just so life-changing. And I just felt so amazing and open and just happy and just got so many answers mm -hmm. for so many yeah. things that I was trying to seek in my life. So yeah. then I was like, all right, I'm hooked. This is my new, one of yeah. my new passions. You know? I can't even remember like you coming home from that course. And I, I really had seen, you know, in person a, a difference in you where I feel like the first time, like it was, you know, we were traveling and together so often so often that I didn't really see anything you know it's just like oh this must not work yeah because you know how we are with the the quick fixes you're like well I did it so what's what's gonna happen like where is the why everything should be different now like I should be a, <laughs> a Buddha <laughs> like, why am I not like that so I think that really though after your second course I saw like the you know they were subtle changes but like there was definitely like a shift yeah. that time um and so then there was a, th a third time Yep, the third course was again in California, and that was only about, well, that was again about a year and a half later, so mm -hmm. it was a little bit less time, yeah. and I, I was felt more established in the technique, and I was excited because you were coming to that one as well. <laughs> I decided well. to give it one more chance. Yeah, Megan was like, all right, I'll do <laughs> like, it again. I see how, I know like, how good it is. I see the change in you. Like, I, I really want to give it another chance. Like, I think I might have, like, spoke too soon. Yeah, and that was a really exciting time in our lives because we were about to leave to go on a another trip overseas to India, a long one. So it was, like, kind of the kickstart to that trip. Mm -hmm. And, um, again, just a really wonderful experience. And, you know, you work through a lot, but... It was yeah. just, it was amazing. And and don't worry, we're going to get to that, yeah, like yeah. what you, you know, going through. But I, we don't want to um, come across like we're just breezing over that because that's kind of the meat of the, yeah. the where we're going. So. But no, that was, a, that um, was a cool. Yeah, and we were together. One. And then I yeah. started to kind of see, see the, the, the benefits as well. And I thought, okay, so there is something to this. And I, and I think I'll, I'll give it a go. I think yeah. I'll keep up with it. Um, and so then that led us to another course. Yeah. So then when we got to India, you know, which is, you know, the land of meditation centers. And uh, I, I think I forget there's this style of Vipassana. There's like 180 centers in the world. This is could be totally wrong. There's 100 and over 100 centers in the world. But India has like over 30 or 50 or something like. Yeah. Again, I don't know the numbers, but. Almost every city in India has like a Vipassana center. Because the, the technique actually like originated there, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, the Buddha. I mean, he was enlightened in northern India. Um, so we knew going there that we had this opportunity and we had this time to do more courses. And a lot of, a lot of people that we met on our travels in India said, go to Lumbini, Nepal, and take a course, a 10 day course at this place, Pandita Rama. So it's a different technique than Goenka, but it still is Vipassana, mindfulness, you know, insight mm -hmm. meditation. So then we did our, that course. Our teachers, and hi, Sunny Aman, if you're listening, um, uh, 
Aman had always talked about walking meditation, and yeah. that's why we were like, "Wait a second! Like, I want to check that out because yeah. we Going were always sitting, sitting yeah. and I thought that sounds interesting to try it with also with the walking." So and that like, was, "Ooh, kinda... I can move around and yeah. walk. That sounds lovely." <laughs> yeah, even that was like way more intense. Yeah, but... so this was like an hour sitting, hour walking, hour sitting, hour walking. You know, throughout the whole day with a few rest and meal breaks in between. But it was a really different experience. Um, really beautiful place, though, and. Again, just an incredible experience on so many levels. Um, yeah, so that was the next one that we did. And then from there, we went to Kathmandu, Nepal, the capital, and we um, did a serve and then a sit. That's and a serve volunteer. is essentially, yeah, you volunteer for other people that are doing their, their sit on the 10-day course. So you're working to help these people you know, do their course. So I worked in the dining hall. Mm -hmm. I was serving food to people. I was preparing food. I was cleaning up after everyone. Um, and you had some other I was like a man managing. Yeah. yeah. Like kind of like um, managing the students. Just looking and after everyone. Looking after everyone. And, you know, if anybody had any issues, like having them come to me and, and, and me going to the teacher. So Yeah. So then after those 10 days, we stayed on and we did another sit at that center um, and that was just an incredible experience because we were so, deep, yeah. so deeply, you know, entrenched in the method and in that center, we had been staying there already for, you know, a couple of weeks. So to then sit a course there, it was just like, really, you know, you got really deep in the technique and, and then that's when I think so happy and full of love for me personally on my journey was when I thought, okay, this is, you know, for me. Like, I will do this mm. forever, like, as long as I, you know, I'm in this physical form. Because yeah. that course, even serving it, I was like, this is a, this is for me. Yeah. So, um, okay. And so then there was another. <laughs> There's then, a few more. <laughs> yeah. Then um, this past yeah. November, because yeah. we got back to the States in November of 2019. Then we all know 2020 happened. But uh, we were very fortunate that the center here in Georgia reopened in like a safe kind of socially distanced way, I guess you could call it, um, and started offering courses again for people that had done courses previously. Um, it was much less people. It was very, you know, deep work because you're alone a lot of the day. So last November, six months ago, we, we did a, a 10 day course as well. Um, which again was just just such an incredible experience and such a beautiful place in the woods and mm -hmm. just really incredible. And then we just did another one that we just re returned from yesterday, yesterday at the same place. So Yeah. And uh, the one thing I want to say about the center in Georgia is that the, um, the nature there mm -hmm. is, is like nothing else we've experienced. So there's this, you know, quietness coming from the course itself, but also the experience in nature, I think is what makes it, um, such a special center. Definitely. Um, all right. So, and another question to um, cover is, you know, why do you go? <laughs> What's the point? <clears throat> I think this is the most common question that, that we get. The, it's such a hard question to answer because if you just answer it, you know, with what you want to say or what you think you should say, it just sounds unattainable yeah unattainable um so meditation is kind of like um one of the teachers that we had met out in uh, nepal said that when you 
are a meditator and like a type of insight meditation you're basically you become your own psychologist <laughs> so like you learn how your own mind works mm. you go into your mind and you observe it and you see what thoughts are there what emotions are there how the mind and the body are interconnected and you just understand better like who you are at your core as a person mm -hmm. um so that yeah. is you know how i would explain it but i would also say that going to these courses um we spend our lives every day coming in contact with things that you know sometimes a really intense emotion arises you know i want to scream at this person or something sad happened i want to just cry and just let my tears go but we don't most of the time we squish it back down and we suppress it and we don't actually allow these things to come out well when you go to these courses and you're alone and you're meditating and these thoughts come up you can't hide from them i can't pick up my phone and scroll and look at something i can't say like all right well i'm going to go to the store and go shopping and buy something like you have to deal with them and the emotions actually come out so for me one of the most beneficial things about going is all these things that get stored over all this time come to the surface and you actually work through them and allow them to to leave you know to Mm. exit your body yeah. or your subconscious mind where they've just been sitting because mm -hmm. out in the world we just suppress everything yeah totally like yeah. some more than others what about um, you yeah I, I this came to me um and I was thinking about like my line of you know ancestors and I have a line of mechanics and farmers <laughs> in my ancestry and so it's it was like a natural desire in me to like want to know how you know things are built and how they run so it's natural for me to want to understand my mind in that way mm -hmm. and my thoughts in that way and um you know the thing about mechanics is you know kind of figuring out like the inner workings of things but then also like farming is about like patient cultivation so once you you know kind of figure out like what's going on then there's this like aspect of okay, how can I like cultivate now this practice? And for me, I had this analogy because I was like, well, yeah, mechanics and like cars and stuff like that. And basically like <laughs> your mind before you find some sort of technique, meditation technique or mindfulness technique or yoga practice or something, it's not even limited to those things. Those are just the things that we do. It's like a car, like with no brakes or steering wheel and you're hauling ass and you think you're driving, but you're not. And you, you know, you're just through this practice, you're able to kind of like see that you can slow down, get control of the automobile. Yeah. That you can, you know, get control and, and you can, you can, hmm. you can decide where the thoughts are going if you want to, you know, keep going in that direction or you want to break or you want to turn around or you want to slow down. So for mm. me, that's kind of how I've discovered my mind um, through this practice. Mm. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of people when they ask what's the goal, it's like, well, I mean. Well, that's my next question. Oh, OK. I'm sorry. What's the goal? <laughs> oh. Oh, well, that's a perfect segue. <laughs> Yeah, because people say, like, what's the goal? And, you know, ultimately the goal you could say is, like, liberation or enlightenment. I want to but be like, free of the But, like, what's the goal shackles. for, like, us yeah, regular like normal folks? people. Because, you know, I mean, the chances of us becoming enlightened from, you know, sitting these courses is not very attainable, you know. But 
So if and if you said that to someone, it just is so unattainable that, that they won't even start. Yeah, you know, people's They're eyes like, glaze over no and point. it's like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Um, but it does give you just a better understanding of your thoughts and your emotions and how they are interrelated to your body and mm-hmm. how you can like detach yourself from your thoughts and realize that like I'm not going to choose to allow this thought or this emotion to completely overtake me and get lost in it. It gives you like a little bit of a a buffer between the two. Meanwhile, it teaches you how to have more love and compassion for yourself and for others, which to mm-hmm. me is one of the most important lessons that I've learned. Um is just how to love myself more and how to try to love and understand others better because we're all going through the same shit in this life whether although it's different to each one of us but um people are suffering you know and we this it teaches you to like just let go of your ego a little bit and have more understanding for others mm. because through the like, understanding of yourself through the understanding of yourself yeah yeah i like that a lot and I like also what you said about like it puts the buffer between you and your thoughts because I wanted to, you know, just make note of this, that this course, I finally was like, you really are not your thoughts. Like I've heard that probably my whole spiritual journey, like you're not your thoughts, you're not your thoughts. And I was always like, but I feel like I am like, I feel like there's no separation. Like one thought I'll have sounds so much like me. And then another thought I have, which in these courses, when you sit and just observe your thoughts, I'm like, yeah, no, I am not my thoughts. My (laughs) thoughts are like, fucked up and then i think about scare actors and how they like just jump out at you and they're like ah! and then you just yeah. are like holy shit like where did you just come from and then they like literally retreat back to hell that's how i felt about some of my thoughts that i was having and that's why i was really for sure certain this course that, that i am not i am not those thoughts yeah. so that was a really powerful um realization that i i was only able to understand intellectually um before this and then now i can say that it's you know experiential because i was really for sure like no 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 that's not that's not me okay well that's good to know (laughs) moving on (laughs) and the same can be said for your emotions you know yeah yeah your emotions arise and like let's say you know a lot of us Anger is a very easy emotion for us to express and, identify and to feel. And identify as an with. angry person. So it's not that the technique teaches you to suppress your anger or to not get angry. You know, it's not like, oh, I meditate now, so I'm not angry anymore. It's like now I under I see anger for what it is and I understand that it it is a part of me and it comes up and it's an emotion, but I just learn how to see it kind of like Megan says, as like a scare actor. It's like, well, I choose not to attach to you and just let you run the course. It's like, and you're just trying right, to go back to where you came from. the system, you yeah. know? You're just like... It just takes the sharp edge. It's like yeah. anger is like a sharp needle point. The technique kind of just like dulls the sharpness of the edge. Mm. So mm. it's like it still comes and it still pricks you, but it's like less intense because you're yeah. like, all right, I'm going to just like buff the top of you so that you just kind of relax a little bit Mm, and over time it becomes duller and duller and duller Mm. is what i think 
Um, it, what I've experienced, though, is just a very <laughs> subtle, little, slightly less sharp, you know. That's really true because another thing that uh, to that point is that I noticed um, for the first time that the thought comes first and then the emotion, mm. at least um, from my experience. Like I would have a thought about something and then instantly the anger would be there. And I thought that's really interesting because I thought the two were like the same like and happening like simultaneously. But if you sit with yourself long enough and observe that it's actually the thought that creates the 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 movement right the emotion so it's kind of like well if you can buffer those thoughts enough like i think eventually like you might not roll around in that anger so much but i remember that my first course um anger was something and I was like, I really want, so also I stopped doing this for each course. I really want this to happen. I just now show up and I'm like, let me just see what comes. Cause mm. you can't control what comes up anyway. So you just kind of let it, let it go now. Whereas before I was this very controlling mind, like I'm going to work on this and you're an angry person and you need to stop being so angry. So what actually happened was going back to like psychosomatics because that's kind of what the technique is based on. Um, which, you know, psychosomatics is the emotional storage um, in the physical in the physical body. And I sweat from my solar plexus for 10 days straight. Like I was just literally like in a sauna only at the area of my solar plexus, just sweating profusely like every day, all day. Course, this was my right? first course. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about psychosomatics at the time. And I went there saying I want to release some of my anger, not even realizing that I was, but my mind didn't even know that I was doing it, but my body was just doing it. But anyway, so then I left the course and I'm still this, you know, still angry. And I'm like, it doesn't work. <laughs> I'm still angry. It doesn't work. But what happens is it's so subtle that I was actually responding differently and like had released some of the anger. I just wasn't even aware of it because I was so attached to this expectation of what it looks like to be less angry that I missed it. Like mm -hmm. I missed it. Yeah. Um, going back to psychosomatics, um, this is such a, this is so important because this is, is like this deep experiential level that your body is having with the emotions. And oftentimes your mind isn't even aware that it's happening. Like your mind doesn't even know that you just had an emotional experience, um, a profound emotional experience and it went somewhere in your body. And um, I just wanted to share really quickly that um, in my daily life, it's difficult for me to go through um, this allowing space for myself to cry or experience like sadness or experience um, just a, any part of myself that becomes vulnerable. I'm like, well, don't do that. Like you, there's a voice, I don't know whose it is. It's, I'm not, you know, placing blame outward. It's just a voice in my head that as soon as a vulnerable moment pops up, I say, stop it, like shut it down. Like, don't do that. So, um, you know, working with my holistic doctor and my, and my traditional Chinese medicine doctor, he's, he's sat me down before and said, you know, like, given me ways to allow myself to, to express that and to create the space for myself. And I just look at him like, I'll try it, but like, I just, I don't think it's going to work. So, you know, for me going to these courses is, is really important because it's the only time that I find that space within myself. But speaking about psychosomatics, um, basically on day eight, 
we get this, the food there is delicious, by the way, um, if you're foodies, if you're, you know, vegetarian foodies. I received my meal and it was in this little, you know, container with a lid on it. And I opened it up and it was black eyed pea soup and cornbread and collard greens. And it was like all done vegetarian, vegan, and it was, oh, smelled so good. And right away I like received it through my senses and was like, this is a dish that my grandmother used to prepare. Mm. Like this was her favorite dish. And we're in Georgia, which is where my family's from. My mother's side of my family, we're all, they're all from there. And immediately upon seeing and smelling this dish, I start just bawling, like just crying my eyes out. Like, I mean, it was like probably what <laughs> I should have been doing a long time ago, but I, I didn't even know why I was crying until I realized oh, my grandmother used to make this dish and oh my God, I have tremendous guilt still that I didn't say goodbye to her. Like before she mm. left her body, we were in India and I, and I wasn't there. And so through that experience, like just through smelling the food that my grandmother used to make, I was able to release this emotional wave that has literally been inside of me for six years now, five mm. years now. And so for me, like that was just a huge realization that this does so much. This, these courses offer so much to that. And if I were home, kind of like what David was saying earlier, like I would have seen the soup, smelled the soup and been like, oh, my grandma used to make that. And then been like, feeling that discomfort like for me like the sensations that come up is like my throat starts to get tight and the heat in my body comes and then I feel like I could cry and then I'll shut it down but because I was there in this space just to observe myself I was able to let some of that go is it completely gone is it completely released that guilt that I feel no it's not because I even told David the story yesterday and I still there was still emotion there like I still released some more so um tell us a little bit about your experience with the with the psychosomatics with meditation yeah I mean it's well yeah I mean that's such a good story uh, oh. <laughs> thank you for sharing <laughs> if um, you um if you want to come back to it we no can no too. it's fine uh it's the like i said before when you and like megan just touched on when you swallow these things and you just stuff it all down emotions do get stored in the body and if you think about it if you are scared or fearful you get like you know butterflies in your stomach or your heart starts beating really fast or your throat gets constricted or your breath changes right so these, whatever emotion you're experiencing is manifesting physically on the body with you. So if you don't let this stuff out and actually allow it to happen, it like, it gets kind of stuck energetically in your body. Um, so yeah, going and doing these courses allows these things to come to the surface and you deal with them and you're able to release them a little bit. Yeah. But like you said, does it go away? No. It doesn't go away, but it, some of it does leave, right, you know, it, yeah. it gets out from wherever it was st stuck. Yeah. And it's like, you're releasing blockages. Like, let's say that we are, 
um, like one of those like jack in the boxes, right? That you get at Christmas time and you keep turning the crank and every time something that happens to you in your life makes you tense, something gets you stressed out or angry. It's like the crank turns a little more and it gets a little bit tighter and then something else upsets you and you get tighter and we just mm. walk around as these like tight balls of like stressed out, angry, sad, whatever energy that going to these courses is like you undo the crank the other way a little bit and some of that tension gets released mm. and then you do another course and you undo the tank and some of that tension, the crank and some of that tension yeah. gets released again. So it's like, I you love leave, that analogy. Yeah. You leave after 10 days and it's like that tightness that you know, contraction that you feel in your life. First of all, when you're there, you can actually be like, holy shit, like I carry so much tension and tightness around and I stress out about such dumb shit all the time that's so insignificant. So it gives you that perspective that you can step back for a little bit and be like, all right, when I go home, like I'm going to try to not be so whatever it may be, you know, that causes this tension in you. And also you feel lighter. Like you literally, yeah. from releasing these emotions, you actually can feel a f difference in your like physical body yes. that you actually did release some of the stuff and get it out. I like that analogy of the jack-in-the-box and I want to just add to it because as you were saying like the the crank like when the tensions are there and you're doing the crank the way that it would tighten it and then some of us hold it all in so much that we pop out like that like with an emotional outburst where we you know are like just like fuck you like yeah. and we don't mean it but it's just that that crank has been tightened so much that we pop out like that like guy the little like clown guy that like scares you you know mm. so when you do reverse it the other way like it that also happens but it's less slow yeah, it's very slow and it still might happen. You still might pop out and yell yeah. at somebody, but or maybe not. Maybe you'll take that space between yourself and that emotion and say, how else can I respond to this? Yeah. Or the crank will keep slowly releasing, the door will open slowly, and the thing will come out slowly and not scare anyone and be free, right? Yeah. Or say something, yeah, like yeah. say something that is more compassionate and loving rather than like, you know, go to hell. Yeah, so something for me that I, I really noticed this course is that a, a lot of the same things come up Yeah. often because we same. have habit patterns that we've been working with our whole lives. We have situations in our lives that we're always dealing with, whether it's relationships with certain people or with our job or with ourselves or whatever. So a lot of the same emotions and same situations I've noticed are, they come back to the surface each time I sit. Um, but you see it from a different perspective each time. You learn how to deal with it a little bit differently each time. And the intensity lessens each mm, time. Yeah. So the idea is, according to the technique, that over time through this practice, it just becomes less and less and less. And instead of these huge ups and downs of emotions and these huge ups and downs of reactions and, you know, freak outs and these outbursts, it becomes just, you become more balanced and it's like a more of a, like a subtle experience. Mm. Yeah, I would say that's true for both of us this yeah. time. Like we both kind of, you know, on day 10, it's called uh, Meta Day and you can meet each other and chat. And, and both of us, are, we just seem like... 
you know, hey, okay, yeah, like it was good and this came up, but I've seen it before and I've, you know, I'm, I'm working on it. And it's just this like commitment to understanding now rather than a commitment to like something in specific. Yeah, because like, like we said in the beginning of this talk, the first course, you know, you get out and you're like, I figured so much out. I have all the answers. I'm enlightened. Everything is great. <laughs> like, I'm happy all the time. I'll never be upset. Look but how you, great I am. But then you go back to the real world and something pisses you off. And you're like, and you're oh, like, shit. I'm like, I still react still. and I'm like a normal person. So having done several courses now, I know that coming home, I'm not this like saintly sage that sits on a mountaintop smiling playing a flute you know what i'm saying but no like, no no but i do know how beneficial the technique is because you notice very small subtle changes so it's not that i leave and i'm like oh i'm ready to change the world now i am but i know that it's like a very small one step one small change at a time process it's like an investment yeah. It's like you don't see the return on the investment the next day. Yeah. And I like, you know, because I know Aman is probably listening, our teacher Aman, and he said to us once, you probably don't even really know the impact of what you're doing yet. And and that stuck with me. That resonated with me because in these moments where I'm like, you actually haven't changed at all. Like you're still <laughs> like a terrible, like bitchy person. It's really just like, wait a second. Like, is that actually true? No, it isn't. And here's all these chances that I've had to do something like a little bit differently or to like show loving and loving kindness first instead mm -hmm. of anger and hatred. And I actually have made small shifts in my life. And as far as it, it goes for a relationship, I mean, that's really been so profound in our relationship because, you know, both of us struggle with not just us, it's everyone. We all struggle with this like ability to just show our souls and bear our souls and show these like darker, deeper sides of ourselves because let's face it, it's embarrassing and it's kind of nasty. And you're like, I don't want anybody to know that like that happened, that I did that at one point in my life. Like what a terrible person I was. But like mm. this helps you through this observation to be like, wait a second, like, can I forgive myself for that? Can I give my that part of myself love and compassion? Because I was ignorant at the time. I didn't know what I was doing at the time and I wouldn't do it again that way. So then when you take that into your relationship, you'll just, it, it really does help you to realize that you're on this earth alone and you're doing all this work alone. But when you're doing it with somebody, like it's a, benefit but it can also be super challenging oh, yeah. because it's like i'm doing all this work but then he's also like showing me parts of myself because he's such an intimate partner that i'm just like wow like i really like these things it feels like they're gonna be here forever with me like i'm never gonna like be different about this but actually through our relationship i would say that it has changed definitely you know, and also just getting away from each other for like 10 days. It's like, wow, I really do love you. Like, mm. <laughs> I take you for granted all the time. I'm yeah, always just, just big... like expect you to be there. And like when you're away from each other, you know, not contacting each other for a really long time. It's like, well, I actually really love you. And, yeah. and, and that's a big, big realization. You're, perf you're perfect. Of course, that probably won't last, but it's always nice when it's here. Yeah, for sure. So... Uh, in closing, is there anything else you would like to share about your experience or any advice that you have for someone who maybe is watch or listening and heard the word Vipassana and is like, hey, I'd like to maybe try that? 
Yeah, I'm, I would just say that, I mean, just to touch on what Megan just said, because it's a really important point, is, you know, sometimes people will say, and, you know, sometimes I'll say to myself, like, man, you're a yogi, you're a Vipassana meditator, but, like, you still get pissed for someone who, like, meditates every day and does yoga all the time. Or, like, shouldn't you be calmer or, like, happier? <laughs> and the the thing is, and what, no, I'm, well, yes, technically. <laughs> Let's start over. So, yes, you should be in this idea of, like, the guy sitting on the mountaintop smiling with the ray of sunshine on his face. perfection. Yeah, you know, but the the meditation, since it's such, like, a deep operation of your own mind and you it's like you become a psychologist of yourself. All these emotions that come up to the surface that you have to deal with are real. So you're learning that you're not this perfect, happy, all the time mm. person because you're dealing with the shit that you're suppressing, pretending that you're this happy person in your daily life. Wow. So like you're working and dealing with these things they come to the surface and sometimes it can be even more intense because you've been holding it down for so long that now it's like, oh shit, like I'm really angry because I've been hiding from this anger for the Ugh. last like 10 years of my life. Yes. Um, also, the other point that I wanted to make in closing is the it's not that these emotions go away. They do become more subtle over time. But you might notice that, and this is, you know, taken from Goenka in one of his discourses, but... If you normally something pisses you off and let's say you roll in anger for four hours, maybe if you look back at, you know, let's say it's been, what, six years since we've been doing Vipassana. If I look back over the last six years and I compare my anger 10 years ago to my anger now, how long do I roll in anger? It's definitely less. It's changed. I'm able to like see the anger for what it is. I'm able to step back a little bit sometimes and observe whatever this anger is, feel what's going on with my breathing, check in with my body. So it's not that the anger goes away and I'm always this happy guy all the time, but I'm less angry than I used to be. Mm-hmm. You know? I'll vouch for you. I'm less whatever the emotion may be. You know, something that you have been working with your whole life, whatever it could be. Let's say you're a depressive, you know. Maybe you'll find that there's less percentage of your day that you're feeling down about yourself or whatever it may right. be. Yeah. So if a situation used to piss you off for four hours, maybe now for three hours and 40 minutes you're only pissed off. But those right. 20 minutes add up and they change your life, you know. Yeah, so that's why mm. I do this. Mm. Beautiful. Thank yeah. you. Wow. Well, I love you. <laughs> and we love you guys listening. Thank you so much for spending uh, this time with us. Um, we want to invite you to, um, you know, just take a little time for yourself today in any way. Like it doesn't have to be meditating, but just take a little bit of time for yourself and um, get a little quiet and uh, see what kinds of uh, clarity and answers come yeah. in your day. So, And just through your day, try to just see what's actually going on. It's really hard, but Inside if something upsets you and you feel a strong emotion come up, like try to allow it to happen yeah. and not suppress it because it really, it really will like change how you feel. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, 
we hope that everybody has a great day. All right, see ya.